Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who have great personalities Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 272 for September 15th, 2015. On today's show, we're talking about storing shellac, fixing a dado that's too deep, and a different way to mill boards by hand. But before we get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about one of our sponsors here, Brusso Hardware. Uh, You've heard us discuss Brusso in the past, so you know that we are big fans of their high-quality American-made hardware. Well, you've got an opportunity to get your hands on a set of JB101 stop hinges or CB301 butt hinges for just 10 bucks. Between September 21st and September 28th, head to Brusso.com and pick up a set of their hinges for your next project. I guarantee once you get your hands on these hinges, you will find it very difficult to use cheap hardware ever again. Go to Brusso.com slash sale for all of the details. And we'd like to send out a special thanks to our buddy Johnny V, John Veralt. He's a good guy. He uh, is a big uh, supporter, longtime supporter of the show, and a generally all-around nice guy. He actually um, he talks a lot to my mom. You know? <laughs> we don't, he probably uses his very deep voice. Uh, Johnny <laughs> actually was one of the uh, people that would help me with Spoken Wood Podcast. Oh, okay. Fact, he had one of the, uh, aside from Kerry Holtman, he had one of the more preferred voices apparently according to the audience because I often heard, can you have anybody but you talk? Maybe <laughs> right, Johnny. Right, anybody but you, please. <laughs> uh, but I guess he, he orders from the TWW store a lot, so my mom got to know him. <laughs> so he's just oh, nice. one of the nice guys. <laughs> now he just calls <laughs> to talk to her. He's like, hey, hey what's John, up? what's going on? Yeah, hey, Mark, is your mom around? <laughs> um, yeah, but that's weird. It's also weird that my mom is here. Uh, all right. And if you want to help out the show too, just like John did, you can go to woodtalkshow.com and look for those donation links in the right-hand column, a small one-time donation or a recurring donation, whatever you want to set up. We appreciate the support. And also don't forget to go to woodtalk, uh, woodtalkshow.com slash giveaway and sign up for the giveaway. Win yourself a nice free Woodtalk t-shirt. And uh, you know what, guys? We're back. We're back. We yeah. are back. We're back. And Lock we, up the kids. We're yes. Back. We took a little vacation, a little summer vacation, just to kind of have a nice little break, start over fresh in the new, uh, I guess you could, so it's almost like a new woodworking year, right? The woodworking calendar sort of starts yeah. in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, it's, it's really weird. There is like that, that over the years, it's like suddenly drought, 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 September, boom. Oh my yeah. God. I don't know what we have to do. There's so much stuff. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're starting over here again. It's our new year. And uh, we were supposed to do a show yesterday. This is Tuesday, a little odd for us, and we will not be doing a second show this week. And I, I blame. Hmm, who am I going to blame? I got to be careful on this one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to I'll hear take this it. one. It's my you fault. Know, it's my fault. <laughs> I'm going to blame a newborn baby because she can't fight back. There you go. <laughs> and you go. anybody that can't fight back is one of my favorite people to always blame. Yeah. So if you follow me anywhere on you know Twitter or Facebook, you probably heard uh, that yesterday, surprisingly, out of nowhere, Nicole went into uh, preterm labor. And exactly the same week in her um, in, in the process that Mateo was born. So seven weeks early, which can be scary depending on how things go down. Uh, but thankfully, everything is great. We are looking at maybe a five-day stay in the NICU. Um, really? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. we are so, because we, we were there, like Mateo did really well, but we were there for three weeks with him, even, even with great progress. Uh, but you know, he turned out great. He's healthy as a, a little tiny horse and, uh, Ava, Ava, <laughs> Ava's doing great too. So it's Ava Elizabeth Spagnolo. Um, Elizabeth is a family name and, uh, she's just doing great. She's, she's beautiful. She's, you know, cooing and doing all the things that little babies do. Uh, but with a little bit of extra care, you know, cause she's just, right. she's still a little bit small. 
Um, well, again, congratulations. I know I've told you that about a thousand times. And yeah. the best part about this is I cannot wait for the sibling rivalry to really kick in. Because you know when she can start talking and you tell her this story, she's going to turn to Mateo <laughs> and be like, look, I outdid you again. Well, I was thinking that's already <laughs> what this is. Like, She's like, oh, you came out early? Watch this. I'm going to come out early and I'm going to be even better than you are. <laughs> and I'm going to pound heavier. What were you doing? Yeah, and here's the other thing. I was really surprised when, when my son came out with uh, blonde hair. Um, you know, just, I don't know why I just assumed that a son of mine would come out with dark hair. Uh, yeah, have, sure have enough. You looked at your wife lately. Yeah, I know, but I realize it's like, you know, there's a 50, 50 chance, but I'm also, you know, uh, sort of self-indulged in a way and expect my son to look like a lot like me. Uh, he does look like me just with blonde hair now. Um, so this little girl, at least from what we can see so far has the thickest head of curly brown hair. <laughs> I think I've ever seen. Nice. <laughs> so, but how's her tattoo arm? Is it is it all set to go? Uh, it's a little small right now. She can't oh, get really big designs, but someday she will. Yeah, oh, you nice. don't want to get them now because then they get all stretchy and they look weird. Yeah, that they do. <laughs> all right. So uh, generally, tattoo parlors don't like like that. Ah, give them, them a board. permission slip. It's fine. <laughs> I just I just have to say I think uh, just because I like to keep on Nicole's good side, I think it's just <laughs> indicative of Nicole being a more evolved. Uh, next stage of evolution. <laughs> yeah, she's on a different she, level. She gets them, knocks them out in seven and a half months. Yeah, you know? three, no big deal. 33 weeks is all she needs. She's fully baked at that point. Um, you know, Nicole, what a trooper. You know, she's she's the, the heart and soul behind uh, what I do with the Wood Whisperer and I wouldn't be able to do it without her. And just when I think I'm like, as impressed as I can possibly be with my wife, she goes and knocks this baby out in an hour. So we got less time than it takes to record wood talk. <laughs> yes. And less time than it takes to record wood talk. Nicole can have a baby. Uh, and I cannot tell you the amount of profanity that was thrown towards that picture when it came through from yeah. my wife. So, but that was all supportive though. Yeah, Supportive yeah, yeah. profanity. It was a fat little jerk. <laughs> I can't believe she did that so quickly. Let me tell you though, it was an intense and very scary hour. Uh, but man, no meds, no nothing. It was just like bing, bang, boom, a lot of screaming, a lot of cursing. And there's a little baby. So did Nicole tell you to keep it down when all the screaming and cursing was going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was me. I have a very foul mouth. Uh, but you know what? So if I, if I stumble today, forgive me, I'm working on just a couple hours sleep and, uh, I'm also getting sick. So, uh, surprised we were even able to do this recording. Well, um, I think that speaking, cause I am a Wood Whisper Guild member. I think Matt is too. So speaking for all of the Wood Whisper Guild members, I want to say congratulations. And when's the first gaming table video coming out? <laughs> uh, well, look at it this way. Um, I'm, I'm here and that should be a sign that I'm not, uh, I'm trying to keep on schedule. Uh, so the first video was actually a live session is this Friday and I still plan to do that. So, um, oh, good on you. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and so with that said, yeah, that, that, that's, what's going on with me. So in fact, you know what, let's jump into what's on the bench and get off the baby talk here. Um, I am prepping for the gaming table and, uh, we do have that live session coming up on Friday and I'll tell you what, this is really proving to be a design challenge just because something like a gaming table can be a very personal thing. Like what's comfortable or useful to me in a gaming table, depending on the type of gaming I do. Am I a board gamer? Am I like a current, like modern board gamer, which they can be a lot more elaborate these days. Uh, am I playing some sort of iPad assisted game or is it just cards, you know, or, or like are we rolling dice? What's going on? So there's a lot of different things you can do with it. So we're trying to solve a bunch of different problems at the same time and making this as multifunctional as possible while still making this a classy piece of furniture. 
Yeah, nice. that's the important part because I remember the beer pong table I made in college. It wasn't classy at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just two by fours and uh, roofing nails. <laughs> you know? Yeah, whenever I and see we made our own artwork on the top. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever I think of a gaming table, it's always just like one of those card tables. You just kind of fold the legs up and it gets shoved back in somebody's uh, closet. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, that's good. We're out of here. I'm fine with a piece of plywood just on top of the existing table, but Nicole wants something fancier. Uh, so wow. we're you know going back and forth. There's a lot of minds in this. Aaron helped me with an initial. Uh, design phase, batting ideas back and forth. And now my buddy Scott is helping me with it. And even right now, just before we recorded, we had a half an hour conversation, completely changing things, um, trying to just get this thing to be as perfect as we can get it before we distribute it to everybody. Uh, so it's proving to be quite a challenge, but I'm looking forward to it and I will have to figure out a way to get her done. <laughs> I don't have a choice, you know, so he's just got to get it done. That's and, all and you know, paternal it. leave will start after this guild project is done. Uh, cause I do plan to take a significant amount of time off, but I cannot start it until the project's done. So I'll be going crazy for a little while. Nice. Um, but Matt, what about you? Well, for me, the entire time that we were off for our little vacation here, normally in the summer in Michigan, there's going to be some humidity and I anticipate that there will be some swelling of joints and 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 drawers and all this other stuff that I have built from my various projects. Normally, I never have an issue with it because when I build it, especially in the winter, I always make sure I've got all that the, – the, the right amount of reveal so that everything's going to swell just the right way and it's going to work out. We apparently have had the most humid summer ever <laughs> or somebody threw water on my stuff because I am running into issues where stuff is sticking so bad. And these are older projects that I've had for a long time that have never had this issue. So that has wow. me scratching my head as to did we really have an extremely humid summer and what's going on with this? But the good news is I everything is did. built. I think we did. I mean, granted, we're separated by, what, a thousand miles or so, but I had the same thing. Like projects I built five, ten years ago, like a drawer stuck that had never yeah. stuck before. Funny, so, yeah, it, funny. It wasn't a problem here. Yeah, I shut up. Yeah. <laughs> With that one, can somebody mute that guy? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but but the nice thing about it is the fact that uh, I, I can actually turn to people who would have said before, like, you know, oh, your stuff is built, you know, not very well. And you're going to when something sticks, that's going to fall apart. The good news is once I'm able to force that drawer open, it still sticks together really nicely. The boxes are constructed very well. But there's that all that cussing and swearing and screaming as I'm trying to get the drawer open. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's been really, really interesting. But that then makes me think, so with Next Projects, should I have an even greater reveal on it or just chalk it up to like a really humid summer? So let me ask you this. Are you doing anything about it or are you just letting like waiting for the cycle to pass? Yeah, I'm just ignoring it and waiting for the cycle to pass. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that drawer doesn't need to go back in. Just set it on top. See, I had that issue with my uh, one of the shaker table that I made at one point and it started to bind up. And I was like, well, you know what? This is probably the most humid it's going to get at this time of year. So let me just shave a little off. Let's make sure it fits now. It'll be a little bit loose, you know, once it dries out completely, but at least it won't seize up. Um, right. But then if you just have that one summer where it's super intense, it's probably not worth doing something because it probably isn't going to be that bad again next year. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I keep thinking. And on top of it, the more 
I kind of look at the history of the the, uh, piece of furniture being in the house and what we've been doing over the years. This is actually one of the first summers while it has been hot and humid. We haven't really run our central air in a long, long time, mainly because we're being really super frugal. At least Mm -hmm. that's what I like to call it. It's actually because we're super cheap, Uh, but we haven't run the air. And I think that has a lot to do with it because normally the Vangelis household is pretty comfortable year round. And this year we apparently have decided that we like the sensation of Asana. I was actually going to joke about this to say maybe the Vanderlist are just sweating more. We are. <laughs> so I guess that <laughs> might be true. I go to get my, my t-shirt out of the drawer and I sweat all the time anyway. So maybe I'm dousing the front of that drawer and it's actually causing the fibers to swell. There you go. Who knows? <laughs> that could be it. So that's what's been going on for me now. Shannon, I see you have a blanket chest. Are you running into issues with that blanket chest not closing properly because of swelling or? Yeah. Now, you know what's interesting? A couple of episodes ago, I don't know when it was. Could There could have been 25 episodes ago. Who knows? We had a question about <clears throat> uh, milling lumber and like it sat around for a while and it moved. And the guy was like, why did it move? I milled it like four times over eight months. And, you know, the response was, you know, you kind of have to get to work on this stuff. Well, you this blanket dumb, dumb. chest. Sorry. You guys might remember I started <laughs> milling this stuff like – six months ago yeah and then a whole bunch of other stuff got in the way and all that well i did the dovetails on this it is surprising how flat these 16 inch wide panels have stayed wow um so it kind of it it just goes to show you that you just don't know like every single board is different every situation is different so the minute somebody starts saying well the rule of thumb is just don't listen to them because there is no rule of thumb when it comes to lumber these boards are not quarter sawn um, now they are curly, so like grain direction is anybody's guess. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but I'm I'm shocked. Like when you dovetail a 16 inch wide board, you know if there's any cup to that, you're going to have real problems. <laughs> and this thing came together beautifully. So I, I'm really got to knock on some wood because yeah. my next project's probably going to go all wonky on me. Right. It's more of a synergy perspective. Yeah, totally. It's more of a precautionary measure, right? I mean, that's why we do it. Because, yeah, in the ideal world, everything's going to stay flat after you mill it that way, but it might not. So, you know, here's these extra, (laughs) take these extra precautions. You know, and the only thing I can figure, I kept them, uh, the sides heavy. I kept them uh, close to seven eighths, actually a little more than seven eighths of an inch, which probably has something to do with it. Obviously, the thicker the board, the flatter it's going to stay because there's more. Uh, resistance to the to the cup but i don't think it's it's not that thick you yeah, know yeah. but yeah so i'm i'm Good. very very thankful i was able to put it all together it was a heck of a lot of a lot of dovetailing but it was one of those cool things where you know basically once you show some dovetailing you can stop filming because who cares after <laughs> that so i was able to turn the cameras off crank the music um and just work it was fun it was a lot of fun so yeah, I've got a dovetail case sitting on my bench right now. I, I, so what music was it? I imagine I'm thinking. Don't ruin my image here. I'm thinking maybe a little Beethoven. Hmm. That, that's what I envision. I'm thinking back to the early Renaissance woodworker days. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark. Beethoven's from the classical period, not the Renaissance period. Oh, you Good son of a Lord. You smart music major. You and no, it was a little bit of Mozart with some John Adams thrown in. Uh, okay. Some Smiths. Definitely the Smiths were on the playlist. Okay. Um, now, did you learn all this stuff totally. while you were in Australia earlier on your wife's sabbatical? <laughs> Get chasing kangaroos in Austria? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> where, no. are you, where are your kangaroos, sir? 
it's, it's one of the things of marrying uh, a music teacher. Everyone's like, oh, she asks her music questions. And I'm constantly reminding people, hey, I got a degree in music too. Like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> Your wife's the teacher over here. Don't pay any attention to her. Nice. Awesome. All right, let's get into what's new because we've got a few things to mention here. Uh, first of all, woodworkers fighting cancer. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, we did start the drive, thankfully, before the baby came and had our big build-a-thon day. And uh, so if you want to that get- That was awesome, by the way. Do you that like was that? So cool. That was yes. kind of yeah. crazy. Um, I keep telling you, you got to do that every Friday because it made the workday go by so fast. Well, I have ample time now, so yeah. I may as well. Um, it was eight and a half hours of just, you know, building a simple project. It wasn't anything too complicated, but it was just the concern that could we actually pull this off? Uh, could we get the project done in eight and a half hours? Did we do too much ahead of time so that we're going to get bored? Um, but man, we raised more than half of our goal money just on that first day. And this is like a three, three month long drive this year. So we will have no problem hitting our $15,000 goal. Uh, but man, what a blast that was. That was an experience. So yeah. if, uh, you can catch all the details if you want more information on it. Go to woodworkersfightingcancer.com. You could find the project that we're building. You could find the plans. It's all free to download and build. And if you build one, we will donate $5 on your behalf. So you just got to send us a picture of the finished project. And uh, if you are a YouTuber and you want to make a video, make that video, publish it, send us the link, and we're going to donate 10 bucks because you know, it's a little harder to make a video of a project than just send a picture. So um, we've got corporate sponsors doing auctions. We've got the corporate sponsors just giving, you know, flat out giving money uh, for the cause. And this, this year was just awesome so far. And we just are getting started. So if you're interested, woodworkersfightingcancer.com, you'll find all the info. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, second one we have here, fantastic video. And the video itself is really well done. It's so well done in satire. And that's how, you know, like good satire from bad satire is half the people, maybe more than half don't realize it's satire. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you watch it and you sit there going, this is a joke, right? Wait, yep. Is it? It's got to be. Know. Wait. Yeah, you doubt yourself. Even when you know it is, if you're familiar with the source, um, you know that. Whoops, hold on. I just pulled my headphones out. Hold on. Oh, hey. Bear with me. Let's talk That's about okay. it. You can't hear we us. Can still hear you. You just can't hear us. Yeah. Okay. I'm back. I'm sorry. You know what the, oh. re the reality is? I'm sitting here in my underwear. Uh, because that's that's the kind of day yep. I'm having. And I'm done for the day. I'll talk to you guys later. I have to go wash my eyeballs out or my brain thinking about that You're one. You're welcome. That's how we always did the show. Yes, uh, all of us, well, pantless. Yeah, well, actually, I am naked right and now. that's why it's audio <laughs> only. Uh, so anyway, if you're familiar with the source, it's uh, this is that. It's kind of, from what I understand, the Canadian, like, onion you know, like uh, the, okay. the, the satirical news uh, network, The Onion. Uh, so this is about an entrepreneur who is selling firewood for about $1,000 a bundle. Artisanal and, firewood. Yes, artisanal. And this goes back into our conversations we've had about artisanal items and um, and Matt's parties featuring artisanal toast and jellies. That's right. The best ever. Yes. Come on over. We get sourdough all cut up for you. So it's it's so well done. It's done in that Vimeo woodworker style um almost like you remember that portlandia clip as well where it's the wood, the woodworker <laughs> he's a woodworker yeah and it's just his stuff he's making is just absolute garbage but he's a woodworker and he's got a nice beard so uh so this guy's just selling firewood and they show him like real close with uh tweezers just clipping the little tiny pieces of of like frayed wood fibers so to make he the looks perfect. a little bit like um 
Nick Offerman. A little too, bit. Yeah. Which he helps. Does. It totally, totally does. Uh, and there's his, like his, his, uh, apprentice starts talking to the, I think the funniest moment is he's got just a small log, you know, like you would put in a house fireplace, not real big at all. And then he grabs, I don't even know the name of the tool, but those hooks that you use to pick up large pieces of logs. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, he slams them into the sides of this little tiny piece to move oh, it over. Right, right, right. Not the can hook that like the, the ice. Yeah. Like an I don't ice know pick. What this is called either. It's like ice. It, yeah, exactly. I usually do see it with ice, not necessarily logs, but he slams them into both sides to move this like one pound log <laughs> over to another place. It's genius. It's really well done. But t- um, trust me, the video is entertaining. But anywhere that video is posted, Facebook, their website, watch the video, but then spend a few minutes reading the comments because <laughs> because people who don't understand it will make the comment about, you know, how this is a, a uh, how bad society is right now that this is that this is something people really can't do. Believe she paid one hundred and twenty dollars for that stick, right? Yeah, and then the funniest <laughs> part are the people who are in on it who then reply and say, "Well, I purchased from them, and I thought this was a fantastic deal." <laughs> it's the most hilarious social experiment like you'll ever see. So read the comments for the. That's probably the only time I'll ever give you that piece of advice. <laughs> read the comments, watch the video. It's pretty darn funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Anything artisanal, it's more about the experience than the actual product itself. It's also about the understand. It's also about the beard of the creator. (laughs) Yes, and the beard is probably one of the more important things, quite honestly. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, we have another one that came in here from David, and David says, "Here's a new type of plywood for boat builders. It comes from Finland. It could be useful to furniture and cabinet makers as a stable substrate for veneer marquetry work. What do you guys think?" And I'm thinking, well, that's pretty neat. Look at that. Uh, is it only available in Finland? Because I'm not ready to travel that far for my plywood yet. Ship it in. That's let's, right. Let's do but it. Speaking of ships, the ships that they have on there, the little dinghies and the boats they have on the uh, the website look pretty good. And quite honestly, uh, there's a, uh, a vendor near me that sells quite a bit of marine grade plywoods and woods and stuff like that. So I'm be really kind of curious to know how it holds up next to that if it's pretty much the same thing or what so it's probably well, it really is, expensive it is a bs 1088 british standard 1088 panel at least it says it on their website that's good um i mean all boat building marine ply should be bs 1088 um that standard means that the glue line how the platform was was um assembled all that stuff so that's one thing that you can count on that it's going to be a really really high quality panel uh the problem with marine plywood is there's like 700 different grades and like that piece of douglas fir that you throw up when the hurricane's coming against the window that's marine plywood too so <laughs> you know people say marine plywood well yeah if it's 65 dollars a sheet that's not this stop this is probably running 120 to 180 a sheet for something like this actually it's probably more than that so then to answer his question not a great uh, not a great solution for if you're just doing like an interior veneered panel Probably no, not. definitely not. <laughs> Probably a little, overkill. little overkill. No, no. It's BS like the ten eighty eight should not be. I don't want to say should not be used inside, but it's a complete waste to use it, it inside. Is it- is it similar to like artisanal firewood? Is what yes. you're saying? Like if you use it in that way. I have a hard time with the idea that anything that has a high BS rating is actually being good. <laughs> well, I was thinking we should title this show BS nine fifteen. Nine fifteen. Get it? <laughs> Think about it. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my brain hurts from thinking about that one. Ouch. Uh, so we also had one thing here from, uh, who was this? 
it was on the website, Mark, actually, with a K. Spells his name funny. Uh, he says, here's something for when you guys return. It's a chart slash poster of hand tools. Pretty cool looking, even if you aren't in love with every single one. Uh, popchartlab.com is the website, and we'll put the link there for you, but it's a chart of hand tools. Looks like, you know, great shop decoration or for your office yeah. or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it does indeed have pictures of, of tools. I usually it. just watch a video with uh, Shannon if I need to get my hand tool fix. That's true. But you cannot hang a picture of Shannon on the wall. I well, guess maybe actually, you, I can, you but put them on a TV. Somebody asked me to take it down. That'll lower the resale value. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. what I meant by I was can't. I Shannon the wallpaper in one room. Yeah, but instead, of, instead of can't, I, I should have uh, said you shouldn't. There you go. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, hey, Matt, I've got a question for you. Yes, go ahead. It's a very important question. All right. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm serious. Let's do this. All right. Here we go. Ready? How'd you sleep last night? Let me tell you something. I slept so bad. I'm hurting right now. In fact, I'm not actually awake while we're recording this show. You probably have an uncomfortable bed, don't you? It, it, it could be much more improved, yes. I think better. there's rocks out there, like on, on a, a <laughs> nice driveway, like a pebble driveway, yeah. that probably are much more comfortable. Oh, okay. Shannon, what about you? How was your night's sleep? I slept great because I, I have a new Casper mattress. Really? I had no idea. Is it, is it see-through, like as in <laughs> Casper the Friendly Ghost? Uh, here's the funny thing. Uh, Casper is is a sponsor of the show today, and I, I didn't even realize until like, you know, pre-show like yesterday that Shannon actually has a Casper mattress. So <laughs> I do. I just, well, th- that's the thing is it's, you know, I hate to do reviews on things when you've only had it a couple of days. So, yeah. you know, I, I slept, uh, I've slept on it two nights and it's very comfortable. Okay. I actually, um, I heard about this through, um, current geek, Scott Johnson's podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was just excited that they wanted to sponsor us too, but it's just, it's, there's a couple of these places that sell mattresses online now, and I have no idea how they do it from a shipping perspective because it's really like ridiculously cheap. Yep. Um, but it's one of those, um, like memory style foam uh type mattresses very very comfortable again after two nights <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know i mean usually if you're if you're on a bad mattress you can feel it the you next know moment. it right away um, but <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. yeah i built i built this um bed for our guest room for as a handle school project and we bought a brand new mattress for that and then i was like all jealous i was like how stupid is that that's the guest room no one ever <laughs> sleeps in there right so i was like we've got to get a new one for the um for the master so i bought a brand new uh, king size bed and uh man stupid cheap like yeah. I, I don't know how they do it. I think it's just one of those where they kind of cut aside all the middlemen stuff and produce a really high quality mattress. So I'm happy with it. Cool. Well, let me tell you a little something about Casper mattresses. They are obsessively engineered American made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to Casper.com slash Woodtalk and using the code Woodtalk. I almost want to go, hey, hey, Shannon, you didn't do that. Actually, well, I'm going to do I, that. I use, the ha, current, ha, Shannon. I use the current geek ones. Oh, but yeah. you turd. But that's not helping us out, Shannon. How's that helping us out? <laughs> All right, I'll go buy three more. Okay, please do. Uh, did you guys know that we spend about a third of our lives sleeping? No, I did not know that. Oh, you know but that I now. feel like that way all the time. Yeah, and not we, you anymore. <laughs> that's true. I'm going to spend maybe an eighth of my life sleeping. Uh, we should probably make sure that we're spending that time on a good mattress. That is for sure. Casper brings together two comfy technologies for a better night's sleep and brighter days. Latex foam and memory foam. Now, I'm thinking, if you're buying a cappuccino and you have two choices, one has one layer of foam. The second cappuccino has two layers of two different types of foam. Which cappuccino are you going to buy? 
Mm. <clears throat> Espresso. What, the train leaves at what time? You guys, you guys are terrible. You guys are terrible at this. So, oh. <laughs> so they definitely got the right, just the right amount of sink. You know, when you when you sit on a memory foam type uh, mattress, you want that just the right amount of sink, just the right amount of resistance, and just the right amount of bounce, so that no matter how you sleep, you're going to get a great night's sleep. Uh, best part is, and this is what you were talking about, Shannon. They've got a risk free trial and return policy, so they'll deliver it right to your door. You could try it out for a hundred days, and if you're not completely happy, they will pick it up, refund your money, and it's at no cost to you. Uh, at a regular mattress store, you're probably going to get a minute or two to try a mattress, and with Casper, you'll actually get to sleep on this thing. Um, here's some of the pricing. 500 bucks for a twin-size mattress, 950 for a king-size mattress, and you can compare those prices, like Shannon was talking about, to any of the other memory foam mattresses out there in the industry, and it's a pretty outstanding price point. So get your $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash woodtalk and use the code woodtalk. And of course, terms and conditions apply, and you could probably read about that there. Yeah, don't do what I do, people. Wait until woodtalk is sponsored by them, then buy. Then buy, absolutely. Right. All right, let's move on to our next uh, segment here. Thank you very much, Casper Mattresses, for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. Let's get on to our poll of the week from our good buddy, Tom Iovino at tomsworkbench.com. And he asked the question today about tool organization. Now, this, uh, just because we haven't done a show in a while, this is sort of a poll that's been around for a little bit. So I won't read the results. Let's just add to it, uh, get more opinions on this. So the question is, uh, how do you organize your tools or how organized are your tools? So, you know, from the range of like type A personality Mark style organization, or (laughs) is it kind of just like sloppy all over the place, whatever, um, but you get the work done kind of organization. Uh, Uh, Yes. The milk crate version where you just throw it in and you hope you can find it later on. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, We already have over a thousand votes on this, but we want to hear from you too. So we'll give you the link for that. If you want to participate in the poll. You know, when I heard tool organization, I thought it was maybe fans of particular ones and they have organized themselves in some sort of manner. So it's like down with hand routers. (laughs) That's funny. I like that. Thank you. All right. Let's move into our kickback. We got a voicemail kickback here from our good buddy Vic up in Pasco, Washington, which I think he says right away. So that's a little redundant. But here we go. Okay. Hey, guys, this is Vic up in Pasco, Washington. Yeah, it's almost like I heard this before. Hmm on the uh, finishing goof ups uh, uh, episode. Anyway, I was just calling to let you know that there is a cheap alternative to um, uh, blocks of gin marbles and whatever bags that uh, you've been using, Mark. Uh, just cheap canned air. Uh, a friend of mine that's an engineer told me about it. Uh, I used it on some PVC glue with primer, which generally is a one-time use type thing. You open it up, Spread it on there, put it, put the lid back on, and the next time you open it up, it's all gelled. Um, I sprayed some of this into it, and about five months later, it's still liquid. So, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's a great alternative, and there's canned air everywhere. It's cheap, and uh, I usually pick mine up uh, actually after they don't have enough pressure to clean the keyboards anymore. Thanks. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Very cool. Isn't that the same stuff that President Scroob was breathing in Spaceballs? There. <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> nice oh man what a great movie we we're just doing um uh, doing lines from that over uh over uh i am earlier oh you know my son had a uh, dungeons and dragons initiation group over the other day i'm not going to explain what's going on with that but they were throwing out space ball lines left and right in fact it was to the point where i'm like i can't keep up with them matt sounds like your son could use a gaming table he, he could. probably could i wish i knew 
like an upcoming plan or video that I could watch <laughs> that would help them out with that. Uh, too bad you don't have one. All right. Uh, I, yeah. think, I think you got the next one, Matt. Okay. Well, this came in from Stan P, and Stan P's kickback is don't enclose the furnace too tight. If Sean walls off the furnace or water heater, be sure to put louvers in the door or pipe in outside air for combustion purposes. And if you're wondering what Stan P is referring to, that was the uh, basement episode that we episode. I had over the uh, the whole vacation thingy there because mm-hmm. uh, there was a concern about – or actually – it was that uh, Sean had asked about maybe enclosing a furnace in the water heater to kind of keep dust out of it and help spruce up his little basement workshop. So definitely go back and check that one out. What that was two sixty eight, two sixty nine, something like that. Sure, yeah, Sounds something good. like that. Why not? It was the one I did solo. You know, the best episode ever. The one nobody listened to. Yeah, pretty much. It is the lowest ranking one. <laughs> actually, all, but, you know, all of them were actually, pretty low. But actually, Stan P and Gary B both listened to this because Gary B had another kickback that said, Stan P beat me to the point. I wanted to I wanted to add that to what Matt had said. If you want to enclose your furnace and water heater, check your local building code for requirements for the size of vents that are needed to provide sufficient air for combustion. Building codes also have requirements for how much room you must provide in front of the furnace for servicing of the furnace. And uh, Gary goes on to say, I placed the vents on the side of the enclosure that was away from my shop so they don't defeat the purpose of the enclosure itself. And I agree with other points that Matt had. I got to say that again because I don't hear that quite often, especially in writing. <laughs> I agree with the other points that Matt had. The one about air ducts transferring noise through the house is key. I enclosed mine and used Ruxel soundproofing insulation to further isolate them. And again, that is about the should Sean P or Sean put a Basement workshop in his basement, or a workshop in his basement. I don't know where else you'd put a basement workshop other than a basement. <laughs> Certainly not in the attic. No, and it doesn't That's really just work confusing. out in the garage. Totally. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's move into our voicemail. We've got one here from Britt. I think it's his name, Britt, or maybe Brid. Or Brit. I'd go with Britt. Britt, okay. Here's what Britt has to say. I'm probably wrong. Hi, this is Britt calling from Duluth, Minnesota. I just got my... 2000 or September edition of Woodshop News and see that Sawstop seeks to stop Bosch in court claiming some patent infringements. I was just kind of curious if you guys might be able to speak to a little bit. Just kind of get your take. Thank you much. Bye. Britt, we are not going to do it. That's right. I uh, did a legal uh, uh, infringement possibility on patent of talking about this and the fact that we just don't know. Uh, I I don't know. We're not going to get into it. Uh, it's that whole saw stop debate firing up right again. But you know what? Here's the thing. Bosch came out with uh, some sort of competing technology, right? That was going to go into, I believe, their contractor saws because they don't really have anything larger scale than that. Uh, and people got excited because it was like, well, maybe this is opening the door for alternatives that I might be able to get that as an add-on to my saw or something in the future. And this is the news that apparently saw stop. I, I mean, would you have guessed they would do anything different? than to go after Bosch and try to, you know, squash what they're up to. So it'll be interesting to watch it play out. I think it's too early to have an opinion. I think if, you know, bottom line is, yeah, this is what SawStop does. I mean, they're protecting their interests and this is what you would expect them to do. Um, Exactly. It's not really our, I don't know, it's not my place to agree or disagree with it. It's a legal dispute at this point. Um, But if you can't touch this topic without then going back into the how do you feel about saw stop in general sort of <laughs> exactly. question? You know, this reminds me of, it'd be the same thing as if there was another woodworking podcast out there and with three guys and then we went ahead and went after them and people would be like, how do you feel about that? Um, I don't know. Cause I don't know of another podcast that even comes close to us with three guys I know. in the woodworking genre. <laughs> I mean, is there any out there? I mean, I'm not sure know. that our team of lawyers and by team of lawyers, I mean the, the ones we don't have would stand a chance against taunting money. 
okay. <laughs> I don't think we I don't think we'd win that one. <laughs> they got a little more uh, a little more backing than we have. Uh, but you right. know what? Casper exactly. mattresses is coming after you guys. That's right. There we go. <laughs> they got our backs. Well, maybe not after. In our more commercial. ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be so rested for that case. Oh, that's a good one, Matt. Very nice. Uh, but yeah, seriously, it is a serious issue. It's an interesting issue to watch, and we'll see how it plays out. But I don't think we're going to, you know, say too much about it until we have more information to see, you know, what what the courts think about it. We can right. say we can say yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, this is happening. Yes, it is. And thanks for the for the voicemail, Britt. Hey, did you guys catch any of the NFL action this weekend? Yes. Uh, NFL. What is that's that's football, right? The National, National Frisbee League. Frisbee yeah. League. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught that in, in my hand. The Giants lost. It was a terrible thing. I'm very upset about it. And uh, frankly, maybe that's why my daughter was born early. Maybe she was just angry about the first uh, the first was, game this year. It was a good weekend for me because the Ravens lost, but they lost to the Broncos, who I kind of cheer for anyway because yeah. I lived in Denver for so many years. So yeah, it was, it was a win-win for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't actually know, but in the early days of the Wood Whisperer, probably as recently as like a couple of years ago, every year we'd have a fantasy football team. Uh, and I would get my, my butt kicked every single year. Um, but, you know, I always wanted like a more thrilling experience than what we did because it was fun but it's very very uh sort of casual approach to it and we stopped doing it and that's why i got really excited again as a second sponsor for the show today uh is fan duel and i think this is if you're into sports you're into fantasy sports you're definitely going to want to check this out fan duel is the trusted leader in one week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site they're paying out over 75 million dollars a week this season, uh, building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team rack up the points. Entry fees start at just a dollar. It's kind of like going to the casino and doing the dollar slots. That's right. right. I'd be at the nickel <laughs> slots myself. Uh, and pretty much anyone can play. Um, now, I had a nice little tour of the whole FanDuel website, and I've got to say it's super impressive. Uh, last year, a dude named Joe Watson put in 50 bucks, turned it into $30,000 in two weeks of playing fantasy football. Uh, wow. So you can join him and over 1 million others who have already won real money. Go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and use our code WOOD, that's W-O-O-D, and sign up today. Uh, but wait, there's more. Here's what? A, there's more? Can you believe more? it? There's more. Here, here's a special offer for new users. Uh, for every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to 200 bucks. Now, offer is good for the first 50 people that use this code WOOD. Uh, so don't delay, and uh, don't forget to use the code WOOD when you get there. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com to sign up today. That's that's awesome. Fantasy football, just a you know, little bit of a wager, you know, small amount of money. You're not you know, throwing tons of money in this thing, but uh, the payout is great. Unless you have my fantasy football skills, in which case it will be a very expensive endeavor. So well, it is nice. Is- because it's kind of like fantasy football for beginners because the commitment is really, really It's one low. week. It's one week. You know? You're not stuck with the same team right. the whole time. And that's that's what's kept me out of it because I've got people I work with that are super serious about it. Yeah. Now, what, what is the, what's the code? It's WOOD? WOOD. W-O-O-D. Okay, I was going to ask you if it was W-O-U-L-D. Like, as in, would you get into this league with Mark? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, Sounds a, like a good time. You're guaranteed to beat me, so you kind of want me in your league. Well, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy the early days of the Wood Whisperer League because I don't know if anybody remembers this, but Mark would only let me be the water boy. <laughs> a towel boy <laughs> is what he yeah. was. Yeah, and I was like, this isn't as much fun as I thought it was going to yeah. be. All right, let's get into our emails, shall All right. we? Uh, first one here, I'm cheating today. I went to a different source for the answer, <gasps> but I'm going to read it. So it's, it's coming out of my mouth. It's, oh, well, know, in that case, it's kind it's of fine. okay. Uh, Dr. No-No 
says, but that sounds like something out of a kid's book, doesn't it? Dr. No, no. <laughs> I was thinking more like a James Bond, but sure. We'll go with that one. That's fine. Uh, my main vacation home, ha huh, joke, <laughs> is in the subtropics and shellac is difficult to purchase here. So when I have the opportunity to buy shellac, I buy several pounds of flakes and import it. But shellac storage is a problem because of the humid heat. The shellac begins esterifying very rapidly, but if it mixes an alcohol, if it is mixed in alcohol with a small amount of non-amine alkali, um, which is uh, sodium bicarbonate, a precipitate falls out and the remaining liquid seems to harden just fine and stores for many months. Have you heard of this before? Is this still shellac? Also, how does the addition of PEG, polyethylene glycol, uh, to shellac to extend its life change the shellac's properties? PEG would be harder to come by, so I want to ask before I try it. These questions are based on a brief exploration of shellac esterification on the internet. Now, while I do know some of the chemical terms he's talking about, I don't know that much about shellac, uh, but I happen to know someone who is a shellac, uh, he, the guy loves it. I think he sleeps on a bed of shellac at night. Oh, that sounds comfortable. Doesn't it though? A little slippery, but comfortable. Can you get a Casper? And you know what's great? <laughs> no, I don't think they make shellac beds, but if you put like a flavor in, in it, you could just kind of lay over in the middle of the night and just go... Mm-hmm. And just I like that idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I emailed VJ Velji. Uh, he's the dude behind shellacfinishes.com. He sells his own branded shellac and flakes. And he's written, a, I think he wrote a good article for, was it Fine Woodworking or Pop Woodworking, where he actually um, showed a lot of the sourcing of shellac. And I believe a lot of it was in India, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, uh, but, they were stretching it out and breaking it into yeah, yeah, that. was a cool article. It was I don't really know which cool. magazine that was. It was very it was memorable. Good, I think it was fine woodworking. Almost yeah. positive. Uh, so anywho, uh, emailed VJ and asked if there's any possibility he can give us a little bit of advice here for Dr. No, no. Uh, he says, yes, Dr. Yes, yes. Um, the simplest remedy is to store in a refrigerator. By no means will the life be extended, as many people believe, uh, but it will not cake and should last at least two years, in most cases even longer. If stored outside in hot and humid conditions, it will cake and may even turn semi-solid. However, whatever, however, whatever be the physical looks on it, as long as it dissolves completely in alcohol, it's fine. There should not be any gelatinous mass floating or sitting at the bottom of the jar. Shellac is soluble in alkaline solution. Dissolving it in alcohol with a bit of sodium bicarbonate will produce some precipitation. If the solution is filtered or decanted to separate the uh, precipitate, um, where it's hard to read this stuff, sorry, the solution can be used and will cure normally. Uh, this you have already observed. The use of PEG has been researched and found that it does that it does extend shelf life. The question is, what are the long-term effects? The questions come to mind because all research that's done on shellac is mostly funded by pharmaceutical companies that are looking for ways to extend its life uh, for their own requirements. Most pills coated with shellac have a shelf life of their own anyways. Hence, a few months of extension is all that they're looking for. For us woodworkers, does all this information apply? I ask, since we are looking for long-term effects of 15 plus years, the honest answer is that we don't know. Therefore, to sum it up, I rely on time-tested methods of one, storage, cool, dry place, or a refrigerator, as is in your case. Uh, number two, dissolution completely with, uh, let's see, completely with none or very little precipitation, uh, which is usually contaminants in the shellac. And he says, feel free to ask any questions anytime. You can email him or call. And again, I'll give you his website. It's shellacfinishes.com. And it's just nice to know people who know stuff. <laughs> is all yes. I can say because uh, most of that was just like burp, 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 burp. 
Yeah, I started to feel like I was in like an organic (laughs) chemistry class again, and I hated that class. Nightmares. I had to take organic chemistry twice. That's way too many carbon bonds. Let me tell you something. I studied more. I know. I was busy focusing on bio. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, I think, Matt, you're up. All right. Well, this question came in from Kyle, and Kyle says, or asks, I just finished building a hanging tool cabinet that has a gallery of six drawers at the bottom. The drawers are a half-inch Baltic birch ply and have a dado cut into the side of the drawer that a maple slide fits in. I cut the maple, maple slides so they fit with very little play in the slots vertically, but I made a mistake and cut the dado too deep, and now there's a little too much play side to side when the drawer is installed and it racks a little when being opened and closed. Is there any way I can fix my mistake without making new slides? Also, what is the ideal amount of space to have between the drawer slide and the bottom of the dado? So let me answer that, that second question first. What's the ideal amount of space uh, between the drawer slide and the bottom of the dado? Uh, probably a little bit less than what you have right now, apparently. You want to have them like, kind of close, uh, but you don't necessarily want like friction in there. Uh, although, to be quite honest with you, when I would do something like this, I'm going to get them as darn close as possible. And if there is a little friction, that's when I add a little wax and it makes everything open and close so much easier. Now, Regarding making uh, fixing the uh, the whole issue, my first thought, of course, was to making new slides. But it makes me wonder, Kyle, how do you have them installed in there? That's making you so hesitant about wanting to make new ones. That's exactly where I would go first. Is that seems to be the easiest part because you could make them just a little bit thicker to accommodate that extra depth that for the mistake you made in the dado. But if you don't want to go that route, then probably the next thing that I immediately start thinking is I'm going to fill in that dado with some sort of spacer and then work my way backwards. So this could be like, depending on how much play is in there, maybe a little veneer, maybe a couple layers of veneer of some sort glued in there. uh, And that should help to take up the slack on it. Uh, But that's really what it comes down to is like, I start immediately thinking about putting some sort of patch in there and start. Uh, working my way backwards so that I can get the fit that I want. Uh, if you're just going to remove it again, color match is not a big deal, right? Exactly. Well, that's my other question then is just exactly how how are these dados? Are are they through dados? Are they stop dados? Because I can see if they're through dados, then obviously color match, you're going to want to play around with a little bit so it looks a little bit nicer. But if they're stop dados, who cares? They're hidden. So that's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Cool. Right on. Uh, this last email comes from Dan. He says, Hey guys. Hey Dan. Big exclamation. Hi Dan. I'd like to get Shannon's take on this video slash article from the English woodworker. Um, and I I just wrote a blog post on this guy. If you guys aren't aware of Richard McGuire, uh, at the English woodworker.com, you should check it out. Just great website, great video quality. He's now got a premium video series, uh, that I have, uh, uh, purchase, subscribe to, love it, great stuff. But um, Richard put out a video that he calls Real World Hand Prepping. And he kind of, um, let me just say, my take on this video is I love it because every single book, uh, online course, like the Hand Tool School being included in that, will give you this, this process for milling a board by hand. And that process Sure, it works and it should work for every board you encounter, but it's totally unnecessary on some boards you encounter. And in today's kind of information heavy world, we tend to kind of think, okay, here's the process and I don't need to worry about anything else. I can just apply this process to everything else. Richard's take is 
there's really no reason to fin- spend all your time traversing a board, traversing meaning working directly across the grain to get rid of twist, when you can do it much faster working with the grain. And physically, our bodies are designed to work with the grain just in our stance and how we push the plane and everything. And it actually ends up being um, more efficient to skip the traversing altogether and flatten the board by working with the grain. And the way he presents it, it's this very kind of like, oh, my God, I never thought of it that way. You know, very profound style of milling. And then you kind of take a step back and you go, well, duh. <laughs> so I, I, I shared emails with uh, Richard on this because we, we had kind of a laugh that um, all it takes in, in the woodworking world today, it seems, is to take a commonly used practice in the shop um, and just write about it. Uh, saying that this applies differently to different boards and everyone thinks it's super profound because the fact of the matter is every single board you approach is entirely different. Some of them are super cupped and require more work. Some of them are barely cupped at all and there's no reason to apply the same traverse work diagonally than work with a grain type method. And that's really what Richard was saying is examine every single board and determine how you want to mill it from there. So um, watch this video to make a lot more sense than me rambling on about it. Um, and while you're there, check out some of his other videos. Uh, Richard's got some great stuff. I've exchanged a couple emails with him as well. You would think people like us wouldn't talk, you know, hand tools and uh, yeah, more power tool guy, but you know, we do. And a uh, really nice guy. I love it. Yeah. His videos are great. Very much so. He's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him on the scene and seeing that, uh, well, frankly, I'm excited anytime there's a new kind of premium service because it just makes the market bigger for all of us. Sellouts. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. No, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to support the show, you can. You can go to woodtalkshow.com, look over in the side column for the donation links, or you could get yourself a Wood Talk t-shirt at twwstore.com, and you can also, while you're there, get yourself uh, in the running for a free t-shirt at woodtalkshow.com slash giveaway. You can head to iTunes, leave a review, just uh, look us up in the iTunes store, click on ratings and reviews, and uh, we got a couple funny ones here that I wanted to read. The first one is from Gandalf. He spells it funny. Uh, Gandalf2000, he calls it the Jedi Academy of Woodworking. The Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Luke Skywalker of Woodworking Podcasts. Uh, They are awesome to the point of probably using Jedi mind tricks to get us to give them the five-star ratings. But seriously, I can't wait for the next episode to come out. The twice-a-week format is awesome, except for this week, which we're not going to do. And I will let you guys decide who is which Jedi master. You know what? I want to be Yoda. Sorry. I I, I could be Ben. That's fine. Because Shannon definitely has some wicked moves. You want to be Luke, Shannon? You going to be Luke? Uh, I've you always okay thought of myself as more of a of a Qui Gon that make a big storm and then get killed in the end. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> well, you're definitely not Jar Jar Binks, so no, thank and, God. And we have an well, even uh, maybe a little bit more know. of a, a, a more obscure reference that some people might remember. Eighties kids <laughs> might remember. Uh, Simply superb, says Russ Haynes. These three have different experiences and focuses, but combined like Voltron to form a true <laughs> a true woodworking juggernaut of knowledge good stuff I love awesome. Voltron yeah you guys are great I love the references here fantastic keep that up the more you put that get, like silly stuff in there the more likely it is I'm going to read them <laughs> right. oh man alright well we're a show out here from the, the whole new thing and I, I, I'm, I'm still here I didn't pass out and but I really I gotta go so Matt how about you give them the contact info and we will get out of here 
All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, question, a topic, suggestion? Do you want to wish Mark a big, happy congratulations? Well, Nicole, too. She had a lot to do with this. <laughs> There's several work. different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com, or you can leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you're going to find them over at woodtalkshow.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks for your patience this uh, summer, the end of summer with our little break here. I hope you enjoyed the substitute content. We tried our best to give you something, but we will be back to a regular normal schedule, probably starting next week. With our, <laughs> Maybe, who knows? We'll who see. Knows? Maybe. No, I'm, 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 to say, I'm but, committed. You know, it's for a good cause. It's raising a... a Here's the a, difference. The first time, The first time this happened, Nicole was working. And my, what I do for a living was the secondary thing. You know, she had an, a real boss and, and a place to go to work and expectations from that boss. This time, everyone works for this business. If, if Mark don't work, ain't nobody making money. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's, well, it's, you know, that everyone means everyone. So, you know, once she gets out of the EQ, she needs to start pulling her, uh, her weight around. It her. won't be long before she's in the show. I can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she probably could start making up some shellac in her diapers. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Ew, See you, Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>